The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Patrick Brewery is with me now. Patrick is a senior security lecturer at the University of Bath. He's a former NATO analyst and an army officer. And we are going to talk about what is happening well, in Qatar, uh, I guess, um, because that is where the talks are ongoing to possibly extend the Gaza ceasefire, uh, the current ceasefire. Uh, had already been extended, but that extension entering its final stages. Uh, Patrick, you're very welcome to the show and thanks a million for taking the time. Um, Who has most to gain from a ceasefire extension at this point? Good evening, Kieran. Um, It's a good question. I think, uh, well, generally, while there's been uh, hostages still to be traded, it's been mutually beneficial. Um, Hamas gets some breathing space in terms of the military pressure that's been applied to them. Humanitarian assistance gets into the Palestinians uh, and uh, Israel gets some of its hostages back. So it's finely balanced, but that is that, that those interests have overlapped enough for, for those things to occur in the last uh, few days, of course, and we've had a number of extensions to the, um, to the truce as well. But what we're seeing now is obviously the Egyptians... The Americans and the Qataris have been working really hard to extend the truce, which is meant to end tomorrow. Um, there's been some progress. Of course, you can identify that there's already been extensions and there is still hostages to trade. So it would make sense for it to con- continue. Um, but nevertheless, the Israeli military, of course, who's got other, other considerations, mm. will be like the longer we let, the, let, let this truce go on, if it becomes a ceasefire, the more difficult our task is of, of, of removing Hamas or annihilating them in, the, in their words. So I think it's finally poised. I think I'd be hope more, slightly more hopeful than not that it is uh, extended given the previous ones. But um, there's reports emanating of some of the hostages have been killed um, in Gaza. We don't know exactly how or, or why, but that's probably going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works, but we'll see if they can get around it. Yeah, including, uh, I understand, the youngest hostage, hostage yeah. that little 10-month-old exactly. uh, baby, which is awful news uh, to read shortly before we came on air. So, so yeah. uh, Benjamin Netanyahu effectively is kind of uh, two considerations. He's the political consideration uh, and the public pressure that's coming on him to bring as many hostages home as possible. And then he's got the military consideration and the IDF yeah. saying the longer this goes on, the harder our stated aim becomes. Could be, could become. Now, the aim of annihilating Hamas is a bit maximalist, you know, and if you think about it, all Hamas needs to do is survive in some form and they can say that they've denied Israel their aim. So it's a bit maximalist. But I think the other consideration here, too, is like the way the military hasn't been that much fighting over the last 10 days. You know, there was some raids initially, if you remember, and a bit of fighting, but there hasn't been very heavy fighting. You've got um, tanks, columns of tanks lagered up around the north part of Gaza, Israeli tanks. Um, and obviously things have been quieter over the truce. But the next step would probably be for the Israeli military at, at some point if this ceasefire truce day, it does end, um, would be to probably try to take the whole of Gaza City, which they haven't done yet. And if they need to, clear those tunnel compounds, which they can. Um, the US has also said to them, as of yesterday, you know, to be much more cautious and it's not going to accept the complete bombardment of the rest of Gaza. Um, and you've got this situation where actually most of Hamas, I would imagine, and the most of the Palestinian population are now hold up in the in the bottom two thirds of, of Gaza. Um, and where do those people go? You mm. have to create safe corridors. You couldn't be using the lack of proportionality that we saw uh, in the f- first stage of this. Uh, again, I just think the world wouldn't take it. So uh, let's assume for a moment that at some point, whether it is tonight as the uh, 
current extension expires or in a few days' time, that some sort of hostilities resume. What's a realistic military outcome? If the stated aim is, as you say, is kind of unrealistic and maximalist, we're going to kind of eradicate Hamas. Let, let's let's take that off the table. What is on the table? Yeah, well, I think, as I mentioned there, the first part will probably secure the northern third where they are and the tunnel networks. Uh, I'd say that's where their next attention would turn to. Then the longer point is really, you've you got to look at this strategically. Is, like, is it politically and strategically acceptable for Israel to just pulverize the rest of southern Gaza and have another 14-odd thousand Gazans killed? You know, does that actually serve their wider interest and strategic situation any better? I would argue it doesn't. I would say a, a more, uh, you know, nuanced and targeted approach is to treat treat actually the rest of the operation. I don't think actually the Gazans will be particularly enamored with uh, with the way that Hamas has, has brought this upon them. Um, so, you know, there's an opportunity there to be exploited. We've seen reports of Palestinians furious with Hamas already. Um, and, uh, and and therefore, it sort of switched to a longer-term counterterrorism operation where you use your intelligence, you use your special forces, you use the things that you have to your advantage to, over, over time, significantly degrade Hamas to the point where they are not the threat that they clearly have been in the last month or so. You, you, you mentioned the United States there as well and, and, and how kind of increasingly squeamish the Biden administration will become about uh, a kind of overzealous use of force the longer this goes on um, in Gaza by the IDF. I mean, they're the real decision makers to a degree, aren't they? In all well, of this. Are, I mean, they, like, they, 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 would, they will ultimately yeah. decide when this ends and, and at what scale the damage will be enough? No, I don't think no? so. Actually, Karen. I, no, I think they have influence. They have major influence and they have leverage over the Israelis in particular in supply of intelligence and arms, including the Iron Dome missile, which they need to defend uh, from Hamas rockets. But they're only one of the important players there. The other being, as I mentioned, Egypt and, of course, the Qataris who have links, uh, strong links into Hamas. So... Um, look, what, you know, they have a major amount of resources. But, but I guess my point is, if, if, if the Biden administration say, right, that's it, no more. Like, it's, Biden, it's, it's hard to imagine The Benjamin Biden administration Netanyahu could saying, say, they can't control, they could, te- they could say to Israel, we strongly recommend that you stop this now. And if you don't, we will stop supplying you with intelligence and weapons. And that would make things very difficult for the Israelis. Yeah. But it mightn't stop them. Okay. <laughs> you get me? Yeah. They've got, they've got their, their own... Their job would become much more they difficult. It would become harder. Yeah. Of course it would become harder, yeah. They might already be doing that. You know, think about it. If Israel's requesting, oh, how do, can you help us target and so it's, you know, Hamas and Southern Gaza, and they just go, no. You know, there's a corollary there, because if they go, no, then guess what? There could be even more risk to civilians, given but that's dependent on the nature of the munitions yeah. that the Israelis have been selected. All right. So, it is. Uh, it, yeah. Listen, it is uh, incredibly interesting. It is incredibly terrifying for the people who find themselves uh, waiting with bated breath uh, uh, as to whether this ceasefire will be extended. As you say, some positive sounds uh, coming from Qatar where negotiations are ongoing. So if there's any development on that, while we're on air up until seven o'clock, we're sure to bring it to you here on the show. Patrick, thank you so, so much uh, for all of that. Patrick Bury is a senior security lecturer at the University of Bath. He's a former NATO analyst and army officer. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.